1: I'm Dr. Katrina Fieri, a psychiatrist.
0: And I'm Portia Pendleton, a licensed clinical social worker.
1: Before we get started, we just wanted to include a trigger warning for this episode. Um, This episode could include a discussion about some themes and topics that might be upsetting, um, including but not limited to things like substance abuse, suicide, self-harm, disordered eating, and harassment and assault. So if any of those topics are too upsetting, we totally get it. Um, Please feel free to skip this episode and join us next week. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy.
0: Thanks for joining us today to cover the Morning Show season 2. If you have not listened to um, our take on season 1, feel free to sco- scroll back a couple episodes in our feed. Um season 2 did come out in September of 2021, which was kind of in like right the throes still of COVID. I mean not like the the lockdown which this show oh opened my God. um you know with that visual of New York City which was eerie to say the least, but
1: what did you watch this in real time? No, okay. I think I watched it last year, maybe. Okay. Um, but rewatching it again, I had like a visceral reaction mm-hmm. to all of the COVID stuff. Yes. What about it you? It was weird. Like, yeah.
0: I really like, and we talked about this about season one, how they show right like real time things, and it's so funny thinking back to like hearing about COVID Ugh. internationally. You know, it was like in more of like the Asian countries in in Asia, China, it then was Italy. then kind of like sprinkling through. And I remember having some friends traveling internationally and being like, yeah, it was weird. Like a lot of people are wearing masks, like, you know, not domestically. And it like, and then all of a sudden it was here. Right. And yes. it was like this very March black 11th. and white, um, I don't know. Like the grocery stores were full and then they were empty. Schools mm-hmm. were open and they were closed. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. a, a, a
1: like smooth transition. Oh, this is coming. It was just like, okay, we're making this decision. Oh my gosh. I remember like, I'm so ashamed to admit this, but um, I was supposed to go on a bachelorette party to New Orleans, like right in mid-March. And it was for my very good friend, Dr. Kristen Heisel, an infectious disease physician at Mass General Hospital. So you can imagine what her March 2020 Mm. turned into. But like as the news of COVID was like trickling in, I remember sitting in the Psyche R talking to a colleague being like, this is just going to be like Ebola where we all freaked out and then it was fine. And I was like trying to tell myself this because I really wanted to go on this bachelorette trip. (laughs) And I feel so selfish saying that. Should we cut that out? Like, does that make me look like a terrible person? I can share a similar thing. Um, Um, But then my friend Kristen called me mm. after they had like this super secret meeting at MGH and was like, we're not going, like, you need to go to the grocery store immediately. This is like a really big deal. Like Harvard is preparing, like they've talked to the, you know, Washington, like this is going to be like a really serious thing. And I was like, oh my God. And then like the next two days later, Mm -hmm. yeah, like everything shut down.
0: That it's it's funny because I was in DC in February, like mid February, and there was still nothing. Like mm-hmm. and I, I think I don't know which um like speech I know that's not the right word for it was happening, but like everyone in Congress and the Senate were there mm-hmm. um and it was really busy and like every it was fine. Like mm-hmm. there was no like you know, the airports were all good. But mm-hmm. then I ended up having to come back from Puerto Rico early. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've told this story, obviously, to my friends, but, you know, for my new friends out there listening. (laughs) So we had been here and meeting family down in Puerto Rico who had, like, missed it by, like, three days of, Mm. like, what was kind of happening. And we were like, should we go? Should we not? And we're on the airplane. It's about to take off. They, like, shut the door. And we everyone's like phone alerts start to go off if you have like you know news Mm -hmm, alerts and it's mm -hmm. the and it was that all international travel Mm -hmm. like was stopped Mm -hmm. and we like weren't going internationally but I was immediately like Uh oh I need to get off this plane obviously I couldn't so we went to Puerto Rico we like told our family that was down there and they just did not get it Mm -hmm. like it's the flu like this isn't a big deal why is everyone up there freaking out Brian we're like my partner and I were like you know what's like how can you not understand like the grocery stores are empty so we ended up flying home early and thank goodness we did because the island closed down there was a port uh, there was a ship in the port there from italy that had some um, italian travelers that were sick Mm
1: -hmm. and so
0: it was just chaos and then i remember coming back to work on monday and we like closed right so we had this meeting of how we were going to handle it everyone took their laptops and we went home and then i never went back
1: to that job yeah, I was scary. I don't know. I feel like triggered. Yeah. Watching this show and all the COVID stuff. Yeah. It's like hard for me to watch. Like I noticed like kind of like not looking mm-hmm. at the empty street. It's just like really hard for me to watch. Mm-hmm. I thought they did a magnificent job though, yeah. covering it and how they had like Daniel, the lone wolf, sort of like raising the alarm and seeing how Mia, who's now like in Chip's old role, um, is kind of you know not covering it, you know, choosing other stories right. to cover instead. And then they send him to China right now. And, and he is just stuck. like in the throes of it, being like, this is serious. Right. And I keep, right, like giving him a short segment. They cut his segment. Right. And he's like, but it's so <laughs> symbolic of how we were all thinking about yes. it until it was really serious, right? right? Um, and then we sort of see the COVID sprinkled. in. I thought even starting with New Year's Eve and how joyous it all was, mm-hmm. like, woohoo, 2020. And yep. now as we watch it, you're just like, if we only knew what yeah. was coming. Um, and then they still sort of sprinkle in COVID throughout the whole season as it builds. And I, I enjoyed how they kept, like, reminding us of the date like oh alex comes back february 20th Mm -hmm. and i was like oh my god that's like three weeks before it's gonna start and then her last day was like march i don't know like 14th or something right like Mm -hmm. it just kept building and building and building till we see alex with right and we see bradley like rushing into the er to find her Mm -hmm. brother in the chaos of the emergency room right. with COVID cases. And it was just like, we see them all go home mm-hmm. and trying to figure out contact tracing and Corey with the. And being silly with plexiglass. like, I don't know what that means. Yeah. You know? Um, well, we didn't know what it meant. And no. Corey's like, can you
0: stand? Can you step back right. six feet? Right. Oh my God. Whew. It was such like an awkward time because I think everyone. Like it was just, it was new social norms Mm -hmm. that like we all had to just adopt and, you know, everyone had their own um, length of time for getting on board with specific social norms or not. And like, I think it was just
1: like, there's a lot of awkward, (laughs) like interactions with people. I think what I found personally interesting as a physician and as a psychiatrist, like as the time, like when it all hit, I was still doing some moonlighting at a local hospital and, uh, you know. Fortunately, that was um like extra work. And so as soon as I started to feel unsafe, I stopped and I had a lot of guilt over that. Um, But certainly I had a couple of shifts. I, I never will forget like how scared I felt because they didn't have enough PPE. Mm-hmm. Um And I remember nurses coming in and like smuggling in masks to each other and saying like, don't tell the supervisor. And we were trying to figure out like, you know, as a psychiatrist, what do you do when there's a code? And you don't know if the patient's COVID positive, like how, like a behavioral code, you know, agitation, delirium, things like that, that you get called for in the middle of the night. Um, Like, how close do you get? How close do you not get? We didn't know yet. How is it transmitted? How does it affect, you know... If you have history of asthma, how does it affect you? Can, how does it affect kids? How the, all of that stuff. I just will never forget being so scared. And I remember leaving one of those shifts and realizing like, I can't do this right now. Like, I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the nurses being like, Dr. Fury, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm really not. Yeah. It was and then I think as a physician, realizing like this is really serious, like during that time when everyone was trying to figure out like, do we really need to stay mm-hmm. home? Do we really need to stock up? Um, and when people were like, Oh, it's just sixty days lockdown and I was like, This is gonna be years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just ugh. It's hard to watch this. It was an
0: interesting theme, like you said, that even, you know, I know one of the producers who, like, went up to Mia with one of, like, it was a COVID story about, like, a number going up. Mm -hmm. And, but there was also, like, three other things happening that day. And she was like, nope, no, we're not running that story. Like, with, and it's just like, right? Like they didn't. And then all of a sudden, it was the most important thing, right? right? Like in all mid-March, everyone, that's all anyone could talk about. And I remember, funnily enough, with the morning show being like, right, a news network. I'm just not like a news watcher. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, watched the news, right, for like 72 hours when yeah. things had locked down. And then I was like, mm, this isn't so great for my mental health. My mental health, health yeah. But- it was wild. It was
1: wild. Doctor, what was Fauci? his name? Fauci and, and, and that woman with the scar, yes, Deborah, um, and just watching them try to keep their composure. I'll never forget that meme going around with Doctor Fauci, like touching his forehead in like frustration and being like, "You know it's bad when the man telling you like don't touch anything mm-hmm. is like touching his head in frustration." Right. Um, and they showed clips of Doctor Fauci in this season. Yes. Um, yep. Uh, Yeah. So uh, the season does culminate with COVID. And I'm really interested to see now that we know season three is about to come out, like how does that evolve? Um, but there was a whole lot more in season two, yes. and I have no idea how we're going to cover <laughs> it all in this episode. I know, I know. So,
0: so we have some new characters. We have Stella, who's the new president of like the news division. I think she like took Corey's job. Yep. And then Corey took Fred's job, mm-hmm. right? Because they fired Fred. Yeah, that was a little. I mean, it became clear, but like right at the end of season one, it seemed like Corey was going to be let go, mm-hmm. and then that you know they ended up letting Fred go, and then Corey stepped into that role, mm-hmm. which is like what he wanted right um and i think he kind of right like set
1: some things up so that happened which... and i think also like it we come to find out like he's kind of in cahoots with fred right mm. like it's it kind of sounded like um i was a little confused by this but it kind of seemed like bradley thought she walked in and said like i'm not coming back if you don't like rehire Corey, and then they did but then it we sort of found out later on that fred was like Corey should be my successor and give me all this money. And then he's maybe pulling some strings in the background. So he's like gone, but not really mm-hmm. gone. That kind of confused me. Yeah. Corey is an interesting guy. Do you think he's hypomanic? He
0: is something. Yeah. You know, right? like he's so animated, yeah. right? And like constantly hyper and and, and activated. Like he I just want to know like his his routine off when he's not at work. Like you know, we saw some of his exercise that's routine. I, like, when we saw
1: that, I was like, I think he's hypomanic. Mm, like, I think constantly he, on the go. Yes, but it's so explain like, that a little bit. Yeah. So when we think about hypomania, what we mean by that clinically is, you know, when you think about depression, we think about people who have clinical symptoms of depression for two weeks or more. Um, that's where your mood is is lower than you know your average baseline. We all have mood fluctuations over the course of our life, but when you're feeling depressed, your mood is way too mm-hmm. low. Now, the flip side of that is something we call mania. This is what we see when you have something called bipolar disorder, where not only do you have the depressive episodes, but then you also have the manic episodes where your mood is way too high, right? Like you don't need sleep. You're talking a mile a minute. Mm-hmm. You have all these big, grandiose ideas. You're really impulsive. And people can tell, you know, it's People can tell. Like, when you are fully yes. manic, that's a psychiatric emergency. Mm-hmm. You need to go to the yep. emergency room. Um, A lot of times people end up getting hurt either because they're doing something really risky like skateboarding down a highway or something or because they're using substances mm-hmm. or, sex. or sex, gambling, spending Buying. all their money, Yep. Um, things like that. There's something in between what we call euthymia, which is like a typical normal baseline mood. You still have fluctuations because you're human, but it's all within like a controlled mm-hmm. range of feelings. It never dips too low or too high. Mania is like the highest you ever get. Hypomania is kind of like halfway in between. Um, and some people with hypomania function really well in society, like maybe Corey, right? Like maybe he only needs four hours of sleep cool. He can get mm-hmm. a lot more work done. Maybe he has like boundless energy, but he's not like talking way too fast right. or having like really big ideas right. that are, you know, like people with mania might like write their memoirs on post-it notes and put them all over their room, for example. Um, He's not really behaving like that outside the norm but sometimes people with hypomania like are really successful mm-hmm. and productive because they just don't need as much sleep and they have more energy than the average person. Yep. He also could like be abusing stimulants or something. He could be.
0: Uh, you know, and sometimes I think there's that little edge or, or overlapping also potentially of like adhd yes. right? like just like really hyperactive mm-hmm. you know what you're if you have adhd like you're you're some of the symptoms with me are not presenting though mm-hmm. but just that like on the go mm-hmm. um and we think about people who in adulthood often find careers that like do fit better for yes. their if you know if you have um attention um hyperactive or, or you're inattentive like it's hard when you're a child. I know I'm taking a little bit of a left turn here because school is like pretty much the same, right? We have expectations for everything. But when you get into adulthood, like there's so many hands-on careers, there's so many careers that you can be on the go, um, that we see people typically be able to like function a little bit better with that. So even Mm -hmm. I'm wondering for him, right? Like he's constantly being stimulated. He's constantly thinking
1: of these things. So it's like, I don't know. That's a great point. He's got
0: something though. Oh (laughs) man.
1: I'd love to evaluate him. He also has like a history with his mom, which Mm. we won't get into all the details. Please watch the show, um, but which clearly influences his yeah. behavior and his, like, love, it seems like, for Bradley. Mm-hmm. Um, One thing I thought season two did a really interesting job of is, like, depicting how they're all falling in love with who I imagine their parents were, right? I don't know. What did you think? Did you pick up on that at yeah. all? Yeah.
0: Or, like, for, with Bradley, right? It's like, for me, I felt like Laura was... Like God she for never her, had right, like safe. She was really like empathetic, really um nurturing, really sweet, kind, like really, gave gave really good advice, really val- validating, not dismissive. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like interesting, like now with Corey, mm, like in the end. mix, it's like who does, you know, in season three, I guess, like who where does Bradley go? And it's mm-hmm. like it depends on I think her like he her where she is with herself and doing work or not because I would say and again this is just like a guess if she hasn't done work on herself I could see her picking Corey Corey. Mm -hmm. and if she has then it's like Laura so I think it's gonna be Corey
1: yeah what did you think about that scene with Laura and Bradley where Laura was encouraging Mm. Bradley to go to therapy I thought it was excellent right I thought it was so
0: good. Like gentle. Yeah. You're crazy. You need to go to therapy. Like or you need to you need to get over this. Mm -hmm. So you should go to therapy. it was just like very like it seems like you need to talk about this or Mm -hmm. like you
1: need some support. Mm -hmm. Um, you need someone to like help you figure this out stuff with your brother and Yes, after her brother Hal, and we'll get into this a little more later, like that depiction of being the sibling of someone Mm -hmm. with an active addiction coming from a dysfunctional home life we'll definitely get into all of that but i thought the way laura so gently like validated how hard all of that was for bradley and said like i think you need some help figuring mm-hmm. this out have you tried therapy it was just such a nice yeah. way to bring it up and then i thought it was so honest when bradley was like i think they're going to tell me i'm crazy i'm scared and i was like girl me too mm-hmm. i hear you yeah. i think we all feel like that yeah. right and what a great normalizing, you know, line yes. for her to say. Right. I yeah. thought that was such a beautiful depiction of sort of like a nice way mm-hmm. to encourage your, someone you love to seek help um, and a really nice way to introduce a really tough concept of boundaries right. and when is it time to walk away. Who that's hard. That's hard. And I think... In the spirit of therapy,
0: um, everyone could use it on the show. You know, oh, I think God. Mia certainly needs some support. I mean, what a complicated loss she is experiencing, right? It's of like Mitch, she, You mean yeah, and even just of this distance, right? Of of just his. You know, fall from grace as a loss, mm-hmm. his, his loss of the show. And then ultimately, right? Like his suicide, his, his death and, and then reporting on it. And you can see her like tearing up. So, but knowing that he also was this, did all these horrible things. And then, you know, had come out in this episode, these questions around like, was he praying specifically on black women? I mean, yeah. like, I just was like, Mia, I would love to. I don't know. Like, I just, I, I really like her character. I really empathize with her. Yeah. And I would love, you know, for her to get all the support she can. She yeah. seems like she's throwing herself into work, yes. right? Which That's is a... the
1: job. I mean, I think it's, it just is we what saw it that is. With Chip. Exactly. Like, at the end of season one, he looks so haggard oh, and yes. disheveled and exhausted. And I was like, you are like going to collapse. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of season two, he looks great he's like well groomed he's engaged he's got this beautiful little house Mm -hmm. he's driving a Subaru he's probably getting eight (laughs) hours of sleep a night he's probably exercising maybe he's playing pickleball like he looks so good and it was fascinating to me how he's so early on told Bradley like if I ever talk to Alex again I have a I got a lot to say to her but then when she shows up Mm -hmm. and asks him to come back he's like okay yeah why do you think he did that
0: I I don't know if it was a like selfish, not so, like self seeking, self serving thing where it's like I I do want to be a bigger producer, right? Like mm. I'm this little like smaller station, mm-hmm. and like this is really my world. Mm-hmm. Or you know, was it his a uh, connection with Alex? Does he mm-hmm. think he owes her? Is there you know like you had mentioned before a trauma bond with them? Yeah. So like I don't know if it was for. Like, I mean, it could be all of those things at the same
1: time. So mm-hmm. what, what about you? I think my theory is that I do think like near the end when they have that knockout fight in the car where they're really raging oh, yeah. at each other. And she mentions like that she feels like he's in love with her and she doesn't love him like that. That got me thinking like, is that true? Mm. Especially because then when he was like making out with his fiance and was like, let's go do it in Alex's office. And that is kind of creepy. Yeah, yeah. Um, It got me thinking like, was his mom like Alex? Like, did he have mm. a self-centered, narcissistic mother who was constantly absent or critical? And is he seeking that validation unconsciously? Right. But is he seeking that approval, that acceptance, that validation in a super unhealthy way? That's what I think. So I'd love him to get some therapy mm, too. Yep. Um, and I think if he, if like what,
0: what we were talking about with who Bradley will choose based on her own like internal um, path. I think the same with Chip. Like, mm-hmm. if he is a well self he's going to choose his current right like life right Mm -hmm. working at the smaller station with his partner Mm -hmm. you know this this quiet healthier seemingly life and maybe not not so big and showy right right like you could see him kind of being pulled back and back and back into this
1: abusive relationship right and we see that Mm -hmm. with how you know in that final scene or you know the final episode when alex is like on air with COVID, which is weird um that he lied and said like he tested positive too. So he's like totally around her. Not he could have right. just put a mask on if he could find one, I guess. Back then they were hard to find. Um, but we see his fiance call and he you know, declines yep. it. And he also then puts something on the prompter that Alex wasn't expecting, which is like, so are you getting back at her? Or are you just like, it, it, it was like yes. confusing of where they're going to land. A hundred percent. Because in so many ways, their relationship continued evolving, like in a very raw, honest way. But then we continued to see, The power dynamics stay the same, and when she
0: facetimes him, right initially mm -hmm. from bed, and like after they are still not okay. Like they had just had that big fight in the car, and then she's like very sick, and and like he, I mean, he's being kind,
1: but like I, he gets sucked into her again and again, and she keeps. Using mm-hmm. him as a narcissist will do again and again. And I felt like at the very beginning of season two with Alex, you know, she's in her like little chalet. It looks so cozy. She has a dog now. You know, she's writing her memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see when she comes back to the station, that dinner party at Corey's house, I felt like she put on such a good mask of like I've really done a lot of self-reflection I want to be different and then as the season progresses under more and more stress and scrutiny I just feel like she's the same old narcissist she's always been and we see it in like such a big way like that she like goes to Italy to get this right. like letter from Mitch as if he's not mm-hmm. like, again, she doesn't care what he's right. dealing with. She doesn't care that this, um, you know, at that point we knew COVID was spreading. She doesn't care. We see like how much she doesn't care about other people. She kicks them off the private jet so she can get back. Um, she goes back to work despite knowing she was in it. Mm-hmm. She doesn't answer Chip's phone calls for like weeks. Right. Um, she's just so utterly selfish. Um, And it's just such a big and such. And telling
0: Mitch's wife, right? Like, I think she thought that she was, right, like being so
1: kind, like, I'm going to tell her. Like, look at me, I'm such a big person, look at me. But it's like, no. And I loved when Mitch's wife really, like, put her in her
0: place, Mm -hmm. right? Well, because her her whole world was shattering then because it's like other people know, right? Mm -hmm. She had been so desperate to protect that secret that her and Mitch had had, you know, consensual sex and... And now it's like, well, actually other people do know or other people, Mm -hmm. there were whispers. And then when, you know, when Bradley got the excerpts from the book and she's interviewing um, Maggie, Mm -hmm. she like, it it was just so fascinating to watch Alex unravel. Right. Because like her whole Mm -hmm. world had changed. She's no longer in the driver's seat.
1: Um, Her world is falling around. Her people are starting to not like her. Because people are seeing the real her. Yep. And. The whole world was about to see mm-hmm. the real hurt. Like we saw Daniel's reaction to the real hurt And I was really proud of him again in that early scene at the dinner party that he like didn't just let her off the hook. Right. And schmooze like because that's what he's supposed to do. He really held her accountable. And you see how much he does not like yep. that. Daniel
0: may be doing some work, right? Therapeutically, he is starting to stand up for himself more. He's setting boundaries. He is he is doing what feels authentic to him. You know
1: what? He has the it factor. Mm -hmm. Okay, I agree with his grandpa. Yeah. Okay. I didn't love the cringy like song and dance (laughs) for Alex, and I'm sure that was like humiliating for him. But he's got the if factor. Mm-hmm. And I would be pissed if I were him that I almost got the job at the other right? network and I agreed to stay. And then Alex just like stabbed him because she just uses people. Yep. Um, We really saw that in that scene with Laura um when they talked about going to see Bring Into Noise, mm-hmm. Bring Into Fuck. <laughs> we see how even with Laura, like, and I thought this was actually really smart of the writers because it shows that Alex has always been this way, that she like was new on the scene. Laura was like, her. You know, she was mm-hmm. like the lead anchor. Um, she was closeted at the time, but she had some close friends who knew. And it sounds like we're accepting, but it wasn't the kind of thing you just like shouted from the rooftops back then. And then soon after Alex coming into the social circle, all of a sudden it leaks and all of a sudden she gets.
2: A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times.
1: Fired and then Alex disappears but rises up the ranks. Um, and it was just really interesting to see Alex try to like get on Laura's good side and sort of remember that whole scenario so differently yeah. from how it actually happened. Do
0: you think that there was um
1: like malicious
0: intent? or do you think Alex just had no awareness? Like no, it was either malicious intent or zero self-awareness at that time.
1: Honestly, I feel like for someone with narcissistic personality disorder, how do you how, how do you like split the difference? Mm-hmm. Um, I really feel like Alex meets criteria for that and she's always just it might not be conscious, but unconsciously Thinking for herself mm-hmm. and putting her own needs first, right. and the whole world revolves around her, and, and and quite literally, it it does. Being in such a powerful um, position in the media, mm-hmm. um, we see, you know, again, like people kick people off the private jet so she can get home, you know, chip uh comes in and exposes himself to COVID so she can go on the air. Like quite literally, people do revolve around her. Right. So it's hard to say like, was it malicious or was it just selfish? But where's the where's the line? I saw a really interesting um
0: like TikTok with Alison Stoner. So she's like mm, she was a child yes. star. And so she just made this um video. It's from September 1st, if you want to watch it. And she she kind of speaks on how in the film industry especially starting out with in childhood um how like narcissists are kind of grown yes even if it's not like rightly you're born with the trait and so i think what we've talked about also with succession 100 percent, is just like i think there has to be this this? drive right Mm -hmm. this internal drive that maybe separates you or you have um what do you call it like pre um Predetermined, predestined, predetermined, pre whatever that word is. I'm not saying predisposed, predisposed Mm -hmm. to something Mm -hmm. that maybe comes out in some people, not others. Like I don't really see it in Daniel, right? But like maybe is that why he's not so as
1: successful because he's not so brutal. (laughs) That's the thing is he's like you have more. Empathy, yeah, and you think about others, right? And so that kind of holds him back, exactly. Whereas Alex, like, was thinking for herself and wanted what she wanted and was going to get it at right. all costs. And cost. then she did, and she then did. she did, and then she did over and over and, and she over
0: keeps again, doing it. And then there are her expectations. I mean, right. even her family, we saw in season one, way more. But like, you know, the the facade with her partner, like that people they did
1: that because of her career, because she like
0: asked them to. It was expected.
1: Yes. And when you're on her good side, when you're On the good side of the split, she is so charming Mm -hmm. and funny and you feel special being in her orbit, right? Like we see that time and time again with Chip and I feel like that's how she keeps sucking people in to help further her own agenda, though. That's the thing. Even Bradley, again, I think because Bradley hasn't done the work, she's getting sucked in in a way that they, I don't even think consciously like realize. but Bradley's getting sucked in too. And in many ways, we see that Bradley's mom, although very different, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of like not being successful, not being wealthy, um, but is still very critical dismissive and invalidating much like alex is when mm-hmm. you're on her bad side like when you try to confront right or criticize or point out that she's done something wrong quickly flips on you mm-hmm. um, but i think that's why bradley keeps getting sucked in too. my all these people get sucked into her orbit yeah and she just uses them to get what she wants so what do you think do you think it was bradley being sucked
0: in um what do you think about the interview with bradley and maggie like what was Bradley's angle? I mean, I liked it, mm-hmm. and there's your question I'm saying to me I fine. liked <laughs> it in the fact that I don't like Maggie, really, and I don't know if that's because I'm in Alex's or. orbit. <laughs> <She's sucking laughs> But, in like I just the thought you know, as a woman, like Maggie of like instead of being about Mitch, which like I'm not saying that in the way that it dismisses like because Alex is not like a good person really, but like. The fact that she kind of lied the whole time about what the book was, and mm-hmm. it's like, I remember when Bradley was scrolling through the pages, gets in the back, right? You see her, her, her name twice, and then Alex is this huge thing. Huge She's on the thing. cover, right? And I thought that was a really, I liked how she challenged her too. on some of I that, like, why isn't this about Mitch? This was supposed to be about like the, you know, all of the guys and whatever. And yes, Alex is a part of that, which she doesn't want to admit, right? But like, I, I did appreciate. Kind of the pushback
1: on Maggie. I did too. I did too. And I think like, I would imagine Alex has really hurt Maggie. Mm -hmm. She must have. You know, like, I feel like this was Maggie's way of kind of like calling her to the carpet. Is that a Mm -hmm. saying? Maybe. We'll go with (laughs) it. You know, like holding her accountable Mm -hmm. and being like exposing who she really is to the world. But I think what Bradley was saying was like, was that your right? Why'd you do that? You know, why did you do right. this, especially when she came to you and, like, begged you not to? And that is true. She did. Um, it was interesting. Yeah. I think it was really interesting. I don't think Alex expected it at all. No. I don't think anyone did. And then right. I'm wondering, like, why did Bradley do it? Right. And again, is it, like... Because uh, Corey, Corey keeps putting her in these interesting positions, ooh, ooh, right? Ooh.
0: Like, of, well, you should do it because you're fair, and it's like, what does that mean? Remember when he's yes. like, can you do the interview? And she's like, well, why? Like, I don't know. This might be difficult. And he's like, I just know that you'll be really fair. And but it mm. like it was a drawn out, you know, like it was intentionally that we heard that moment. What does that mean? Yes, And I
1: feel like especially in season two. We see that, like, I hate this about professional settings when people are, like, saying one thing, but really meaning something Mm -hmm. different. And you have to, like, learn the lingo and the undertones and, like, what's being implied. I feel like we saw that a lot with season two. So, like, just that. It's like when he's saying fair, does he mean, like, you know, don't hurt the network? You know, mm-hmm. like, let's uh, keep us in a good light. Is that what he really means? Or does he mean, like, you know, you'll I, be fair? I think it ha- it's almost
0: both, but but I'm only saying it's both because I think the fact that he likes her, mm-hmm. like, complicates things for him. Like, I mm-hmm. don't think he's used to that like i don't think he knows what to do with bradley initially like he likes her he keeps you know he keeps giving her all of these things he keeps promoting her promoting her promoting her and like is it because he truly right like has this almost fantasy of how amazing she is mm-hmm. as a career woman or is it that like love piece like it, the um, is he, it is mm-hmm. an
1: infatuation because then but then uh. he like he's the one who outs her so he also loves her, but he's hurting her. And that makes me want to know more about Corey's mm-hmm. mom. We learned, like, just a little yeah. bit how he was, like, taking care of her. Um, And he's kind of taking care of Bradley in terms of, like, giving her the mm-hmm. job, giving her a place to stay, like, you know, rising through the right. ranks, giving her, you know, even Laura, like, sending Laura into her life, right. saying, like, can you please help her? Um But with her, in a really weird way, permission, like...
0: I think he made it, in his head, okay for him to do that when he outed them, because Bradley—he, like, made Bradley say, right? He, like, set her up to be like, you have to do whatever it takes. To protect Hannah's name. And, like, I think—I don't know. Like, maybe Bradley would, at the end of the day, if if it was super black and white, or she knew the outcome later on, that she'd be fine. Like, maybe she would have given permission for that. I I don't know, but, like, he— in his head, I think he got permission from her and yes. that absolves him of, of the guilt. Yeah. Guilt. Maybe it comes out in season three.
1: Maybe. Because I don't think he ever told her that no. it was him. Right. No. I thought he was going to at the end, but then he said, I love mm-hmm. you. Um, And then I was like, can he not like sit with the guilt of telling her this? So he says yeah. he loves her instead. Right. He's fascinating. Um, I really hope we see a lot more of his development. I really hope we see Bradley in therapy in season three. Like, I really, yeah. really hope we do. I think that that would be a
0: great, like, line of whatever. <sighs> I would love to see <laughs> Alex
1: and Bradley in therapy together. <laughs> Almost like couple therapy or family well, Alex therapy. would, I, and I, maybe she
0: did, like, she would go to therapy twice, right? And she's good. That's right. She talked 100%. about
1: some of the, the external
0: problems, like the network or the or the the cancellation, mm-hmm, right? But mm-hmm. it's
1: not it's not about her. It's nope. not deeply you know rooted no in her psyche. for And then she'd be good. She'd be like, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Or it would be like we saw in Succession with the family therapy, mm-hmm. right? Where like mm-hmm. it's you can't actually go no. anywhere, you know, like substantial yeah. or honest. Yeah. So, uh, rewatching those episodes with Alex and Mitch and watching Mixi- Mitch's death by suicide was really emotional for me. But what about for you? What did you think of all that?
0: Uh, it's interesting bringing then in um paula 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 mm-hmm. because. I feel like I was just feeling every, like many different feelings towards Mitch. You yes. know, at the one hand, like, I obviously don't like his character. I think he's like a crappy person. Really
1: hard to see Steve
0: Carell like this. Yes. Right? But 100%. Like, he did such a good
1: job. And he's also such a good choice because I think it automatically makes you like ambivalent. Yep. Right.
0: And, and he is right like from the office like this like everyone loves my favorite right. boss but then obviously this is also another character but it's like oh like it's just it's it's a you, perfect character based on his other fictional characters 100 yeah. percent,
1: right because he's just like beloved he's funny right he's virgin like everyone like there hasn't been like bad press about mm-hmm. steve carell as far as i know like so him being in the role it just automatically i think put like plants that seed of ambivalence yeah. in our minds. yes so when he was in italy and he and that woman kind
0: of came up to him right and was like saying those things to him and then we see you know her friend is filming it yeah paula come in and like kind of interject i like didn't know how to feel so mm-hmm. so mitch was like right he's excommunicated he's living in italy he's by himself mm-hmm. you know I, I again i think at that moment he doesn't still have self-awareness i think he has more than his mentor you know like i think there's lines that mitch won't cross that the mentor did but like he still i think is lacking self-awareness or or really kind of understanding he's still trying to like i think come back or like you know liked again so but i i i was like again torn with that woman kind of saying those things to me he's like he's here minding his business like he's a hat on like he's not you know Hey, you guys, know. it's right. me. Exactly. So Clear I was like, the restaurant mm. for me.
1: Andy, it, I thought it also brought up this idea of cancel culture um, and that exploration in a right. really smart way. How like, yeah, he's done something, uh, many things that are awful and egregious. But he, yeah, he's alone. Yeah. He's not doing anything egregious right then and we're just going to provoke him right in hopes of filming it that it'll go viral for right. that person's personal gain mm-hmm. that was icky yeah you know and i
0: i just i i the one thing that i liked paula said to them was kind of just the pointing out of like you're doing this to post it you 100%. know and i was like yeah like right this isn't you kind of coming up and having a conversation and being like you know like i just feel like i need to say something like right. you whatever, like a small thing, which like, again, like still is unprovoked, but whatever. I think just like people do that, right? Right. People do that. She wanted to go, she would have gone viral Mm -hmm. and had her moment. And like, that feels just a little icky. So anyway, moving through that, I think just because I always am so, I don't think it's naive, but like, go lucky, optimistic, never ending. But like, I feel like Mitch In his way, on his path, which is not mine or or other people's, was, like, kind of exploring what he did. He was. I thought so, too. Way more than Alex. Exactly. Like, I think he, with time, like, could was changing and like maybe with more support i think that documentary that he did with paolo was was powerful or learning of that other um that survivor in italy that she was talking about or trying to film or make the documentary about like i think he was learning and so i'm wondering if if because he was it was like all of a sudden there was this guilt or Mm -hmm. like he couldn't handle the fact that he was this person who did these terrible things yeah because like he wasn't you know, suicidal before. Right. Like it was, it was on his journey almost to changing that
1: he took his life. It was so sad. Like that scene where he swerves mm-hmm. and then he lets you see his hand yeah. let go. I was like, oh, it just, oh, it really gets I me. And he shuts his eyes. Like he's at peace. Mm-hmm. Oh, so sad, Portia. I mean, he's a father. I mean, like, yes, so it's children. Just, like, it's
0: like, I don't know. I, I feel like he was, you know, he had the capacity for change and you have to want it. And he didn't want it before. You know, but I don't I think he like wanted to see
1: alone, away from everyone. COVID, COVID, right? like thinking about your life. He I do think I was seeing more and more capacity for reflection mm-hmm. and introspection and ability to change. And I wasn't seeing that from Alex. No. So to me, it was a fascinating uh, juxtaposition of her, like, coming out to Italy, right. won her letter from him, really railing on him, saying anything she could to get what she wanted. Um And then them being good and then them not being good. It was like this uh, whiplash. And then, like, them dancing and, like, having these, like, really tender, loving moments and then parting ways, it seemed like, on good terms. And then that happens, you know. But then in between, I guess then he um, is intimate with Paula. Who he's very upset by the allegations about it being like
0: um, preying on black women. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, it was it was sad. It was it was definitely sad and really and unexpected sad. for me. I did not see that coming.
1: And one thing we've talked about in some previous episodes is that, he, well, I mean. Humans are complicated and flawed and complex, and you can be a perpetrator and a victim. Like Mm -hmm. we talk about this a lot with children who grow up in really abusive households and then unfortunately become abusive as adults. But I feel like we see that with Mitch here. And again, I'm not trying to be a Mitch apologist or anything, but like he did awful bad things. And now he's being like treated so terribly and like, yes, he he should you know, be held accountable and be fired and maybe um, arrested or charged with things, like all of that. And I think this show, we see like what could happen to a human soul going through that and then being just like piled on, piled on, piled on, on top of it as he does seem to be trying to figure Mm -hmm. it out or figure out like how do you move forward, Right. right?
0: I think it's also like the power of... Cancel culture, yes. Cancel culture, yes. Which is what I was, you know, I th- I heard you kind of saying, but not saying those specific words just now because I think when some things are very clear, like taking absolutely social media or any kind of presence out, it's like okay, like you do something bad, maybe maybe you do get convicted, like you actually are like you know part of the criminal justice system and you go to jail. It's like you are, you know, then treated poorly and in this terrible system. But like it's clear, it's not. Mm-hmm. Then it's like the world, like everyone is like hates you they are death threats like mm-hmm. making things about your kids like it's mm-hmm. just it's so it's so interesting to hear people talk about cancel culture or being canceled because everybody says it's like the worst yeah, thing and right. it's so because it's so unique I, right. I i don't know it feels nuanced it's i know it's not super new at this point but like it's just this weird thing
1: and i think too with social media I feel like that has to add to it. It's not just like you're being canceled at your place of work or in your immediate family or even like in America. Like he was canceled internationally. And again, like in some ways he deserves it 100 million percent. And then all the piling on at the same time, like you just think about like that is a human at the end of the day too. And this is really tricky. I feel like this is really hard for everyone humans, me, to wrap my head around. Oh. The show just does such a good job portraying really difficult topics. Um, and as we wrap up, I do want to make sure Hal we talk about Bradley, Bradley yes. and Hal. What did you think of this?
0: I thought it was excellent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was because like I was so
1: moved and mm-hmm. I, was,
0: I was so angry at him when he was you know i'll i'll make it really simple he's describing how their mom has impacted him right Only by him. being like you know threatening manipulative all of these things and he does it exactly to bradley yes. like within the same sentence yes and it's just like i was speechless at how well they got it right I know and then Bradley the guilt tripping the threatening the putting it it's on you like yeah. my substance use is on
1: you like you showing need to up at her job me. H- horrible oh, all of it like you can just see how much she is struggling with like wanting to help and support him especially now that she has so much money like more money than they ever had mm-hmm. and she can't help him but then being totally like what are you doing here like right. why are you showing up here like are you using she looks through his bag and then he knows notices, but then it's like, of course she does. Right. Right. And it's just, they perfectly demonstrated that dance and that scene when she's dropping them off at mm, rehab yes. and trying to set those boundaries like Laura was encouraging her to was heartbreaking. Um, but I felt like, like if I was her therapist, I would say like, you got it, like you have to set boundaries. I, know, with I would him. have been
0: very proud of her for how she was when she dropped him off, you know, but, like I can't yes. do this for you. Like this is your decision, go in or go yes. out. Like I yes. can't, keep, I can't make you sober, you know. And, and then I, you know, kind of see her get
1: sucked back in again later on. But so manipulatively, yes. leaves yep. all the money yep. and disappears again. It's like just like Alex disappearing with her mm-hmm. back and not answering anyone's calls. It is such a like primitive way of getting someone's attention, yeah. right? By like scaring them, being yeah. like, oh, you don't want anything to do with me? Well then, yeah, look what's gonna happen. And it totally worked. And it's so hard to not be impacted by oh that. You God. know, like it, people do
0: it a 100- hundred you know, a thousand times over and over again. Sometimes they never stop, and and sometimes they do. But it's like it just breaks you as a person. It's having does. to do that over and over and over again. You it's, really it's, need help navigating
1: that, and that's mm-hmm. where you know, um, support groups, even like Al-Anon. Yep. you know, your own individual therapy can like help mm-hmm. with that. Um, I. I don't think there was any way for Bradley to like stick with her boundaries in that situation. I thought her reaction was really accurate and human. Mm -hmm. And you just saw all the desperation and remorse and guilt and everything um, that she was feeling. And I feel like, you know, unfortunately people who love someone affected by substance use will totally relate to that.
0: And the people who are, you know, in in a relationship like Laura with Bradley, because I think that can oftentimes alienate, you know, the person like Bradley even more because as things are happening, you know, as Hal is pushing Bradley and, you know, kind of like making her unwell, there's, you know, there's the people around Bradley like Laura who then even more so will start to be like, you know, you really can't do this anymore. You really need to set a boundary. And sometimes that can, you know, break a relationship. relationship, Right. And so then it's like, then you're even, then you're more isolated. Then you're more, you know, you're you're without more support. So it's just, it's so, it seems like, you know, okay, it's just between Bradley and Hal. And like, it just the spider web goes out so far with how substance abuse impacts families and And systems. That's what we always say, Mm -hmm. right? It's a
1: disease of the family. Yeah. It affects everyone. Um, which I guess you could say about most mental health conditions, but we really see it with substance mm-hmm. use. Um, and it was just, what a what a portrayal. Um, and I mean, so expertly done and so heart-wrenching. Yes. Um, I was so glad she did finally find him, but I'm really worried they're both going to get COVID now. Mm-hmm. Or I was like, Bradley, what if you have COVID and you're running and exposing all these other people? And it's just like, ah, the chaos. Right, and the like chaos. you know,
0: it's still so at the beginning, so like you know, they hadn't shut down no visitors yet. Like it's just, it's it's within all the chaos of her own life, and then it's like you're seeing, which we love, like the parallels of all the chaos that now the world is being pushed into. Yes. So, yeah. where do you hope season three goes? Um, I'm I'm sure there'll be at least a couple episodes, right, with them like working from home, you know. And I'm think. curious, like how that is, but then I'm I'm wondering where season three like ends. I know I'm getting like way ahead of myself, but. Because it's like, will cover be like quote unquote over? Like, are they back in the office well, by anyway, the time die? it ends? Does anyone die? You know, are Corey and who does Bradley end up with? Is, is anyone fired? Mm-hmm. Um, is Alex ever able to gain anything? Does she keep doing her thing? Like, I, don't I think know. so. I don't have any hope for her. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's interesting because the show writers, you know, I think or maybe not the writers, but like the producers or the directors in an interview like had talked about how they really wanted to like give Alex her redemption at the end of season two. And I feel like maybe a person without mental health like background. background would think she
1: did. I told. Were you watching like the Stay Tuned for yeah. after the show? I did watch that for a couple of the episodes, including the last one. And I think they touched on that. Like they were trying to say, like Alex is human, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, and and really far on the narcissistic right. spectrum, right. like really lacking empathy mm-hmm. and ability to appreciate how our actions affect others. Um, I so I just don't think that's going to like magically develop. Yeah. So I really. And if it does, it, it's, just, it's
0: just like, I don't know. How, I don't know. Like, I think the writers, like we've talked about a million times, are wonderful and have, they must have, right? Like, mental health experts they have to. helping them develop these characters. If you want some more, yeah. you can find us at Analyze Scripts <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Exactly. So please reach out to us anywhere you can find us on Instagram or TikTok at Analyze Scripts Podcast or check out our website. You can also email us if you'd like to, you know, get in touch with us on Mm -hmm. a more of a professional level. Yeah. Um, but stay tuned for more of our episodes and check out, you know, the ones that we have back in the feed.
1: There's a lot. There's a lot. All right. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next Monday. Bye. Bye. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast and its contents are a copyright of analyzed scripts, all rights reserved. Any redistribution or reproduction of part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited. Unless you want to share it with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe, that's fine. All stories and characters discussed are fictional in nature. No identification with actual persons, living or deceased, places, buildings, or products is intended or should be inferred. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. The podcast and its contents do not constitute professional, mental health, or medical advice. Listeners might consider consulting a mental health provider if they need assistance with any mental health problems or concerns. As always, please call 911 or go directly to your nearest emergency room for any psychiatric emergencies. Thanks for listening and see you next time.